seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. Welcome, friends, to Color of Magic, to episode 166. This is your Magic Gaming Podcast, where we talk about all types of things that affect gamers at and away from the gaming tables and computers. And as usual, I am your host, but I've got my main man, Brian Allen, riding with me here. How is it going, dude? Yeah, pretty good. No, no well, I can I say no major complaints. We'll complain about some things here in a minute. As usual. <laughs> that is true. I, I'm with you, dude. It's been a pretty steady season. I, I kind of did all my Christmas shopping early, so that's done. Like, I've reached out to some new sponsors for next year already. Only heard back from one, but, you know, we're taking shooting our shot. Yeah. So that stuff's out there. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm doing pretty good this week. Like, things, no snow, no nothing. So, like, we're, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Though, we didn't talk about this pre-show. But you know how you see people when they get those texts or they talk about they get those texts and you link up with somebody that didn't intentionally mean to message you or whatever? Yeah. I had one of those this morning. Okay. So, Somebody reaches out and just says hi, right? And I'm like, well, I don't recognize this number. And I'm pretty sure that's a California zip code or area code. So I look it up online. It's like, it's from LA. I'm like, oh, okay, weird. But there is a chance that I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's somebody I've done business with down there. Maybe it's somebody from Ultra Pro in the area. Like, I don't know, right? So I'm like, hey, who is this? And they send me a picture back. And don't be wrong. It's a chick. She's cute. But I'm like, I don't know who this is, right? <laughs> and she's like, is this, uh, what was the name? I can't remember, but she asked me, like, is this Brad or whatever, right? Who And I'm like, uh, no, I think somebody gave you the wrong number. I'm not sure who you were, tr- you know, where you got it from, but definitely not me. But I at least wanted to respond and let you know you got, got the wrong person, right? And she's like, oh, well, that's really nice of you. Like, most people probably wouldn't have responded. And I'm like, well, you know, it seems like the nice human thing to do because it would suck if you were trying to reach somebody in an emergency. <laughs> and they just didn't, I just didn't respond, right? So then she started, I, she sounds like she's feeling bad. Like somebody gave her the wrong number or misled her or something. So then we start going back and forth. I'm like, ah, you know, maybe things just weren't going to work. I'm being like counselor to this woman. I don't know who the hell she is. <laughs> then at one point I'm like, okay, is this somebody just playing like a long scam? Right. Cause that crosses your mind, right? Like, is, is this legit? So she asked like where I'm from or whatever. And I'm like a little vague. I'm like, ah, South of Seattle or whatever. And she's like, oh, that's cool. I'm from L.A. or whatever. And I'm like, okay, if this was a scam, you wouldn't actually say you're from L.A. You'd probably say you're from somewhere in the area or whatever, right? Because that wouldn't make a lot of sense. So I'm like, I think this is a real person. She's just like having a rough time down on her luck or whatever. But I eventually was like, hey, look, I'm busy with a lot of stuff, but I hope you find the person you're looking for, blah, blah, you know. And she thanked me again or whatever. But I just found that so interesting. I've never had one. Of, yeah, that's not true. It's the second time I've had that happen. I used to have this old black lady. That would call me. But I think she just dialed the wrong number a lot because she was older. Yeah. And she'd be off by like a digit for whoever she was trying to reach. And she'd always apologize like, oh, I'm sorry, baby. I didn't mean to call you again. And we just talked for like five minutes. <laughs> After a while, it just became like a normal thing. And it happened like once a month or so. <laughs> and then I kind of was sad because at one point it quit happening. And I'm like, ah, it was probably that time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to think that way. But you're like, ah, yeah. It probably happened. But yeah, so I had that. That was like a two-year thing that had happened. But that was a long time ago. But yeah, before we get into the real meat of the show, as I go on like a giant sidetrack there, uh, 
<laughs> but people seem like they like those. They do. I have. I have I, I'm one of those weirdos, man. I feel like stuff just happens to me. I have a very weird life. But before we get into everything, check out our friends over at Cardsphere.com. They are great supporters of the show and have a very interesting website. If you've not checked it out, you can buy, sell, trade magic cards over there. But most importantly, you can name your price on what you want to buy or sell something for. And I use them. As a matter of fact, last week and this week, I got a pile of letters into the mail. So a bunch of people are going to get some cards early for Christmas. So check them out over at Cardsphere.com. And if you want to support the show directly, you can go over to Patreon.com slash Color of Magic. And you can get a shout out just like James Alvey. Thank you for being a long-term supporter of the show. It is much appreciated. And then finally, if you want to get some playmats, you want to get some tokens, just want to rep the show out in the world as you start going to play with other people in person again, go to colorofmtg.com slash shop. And that brings us to the soapbox. All right, so this one, this one's fresh because this actually happened earlier today. So... There were some Phyrexia previews put out, and we'll talk about those later in the show. But there was a card that I'm like, it's on my like top three or four cards that are just no fun to play against or play with. So I was like, man, I, I made a post on Twitter that said, hey, this is like my least favorite reprint possibly ever. And, you know, I put a couple of sad emojis or whatever. And there was a lot of people who agreed. They got a lot of hearted comments or whatever. But there were people who came on and like wanted to defend its printing. And I'm like, okay, well, they, and some of them even asked, like, well, why do you dislike it so much? I'm like, well, here's the reasons, right? Like, there's no benefit to the top level players because we're probably not going to play it. The card's not going to be that good. But then at lower levels, it leads to nothing but negative play experiences. And it's definitely not a mythic anybody wants to play against in draft. So, like, at that point, why are we reprinting the card? Other than maybe to make it Pioneer legal. But if that's the case, let's find another way and put it on something like the list, which the list is full of garbage cards a lot of the time. We can just put a chase card there. And then people can open up something awesome. And you don't have to affect standard. And then people wanted to go back and forth. So then I responded to them. And then I got people going, well, I don't know why you're so tight about this, whatever. And I'm like, yo, y'all came in attacking me and asking questions. I just made a statement saying I didn't like the card. And then I sort of remember, like, this is a normal behavior that happens online where yeah. people will want to go in, try to make a stance on something. The other person makes a reasonable stance against it. Then all of a sudden you want to claim the other person's being mad and angry or whatever. Because the truth is, I don't care. Like, at one point, somebody said, well, I like the card and I want it reprinted. And I'm like, cool, you're welcome to feel that way. And that was literally my statement. Like, I wasn't mad. at Like, somebody's going to like every card. I'm okay with that. I was just stating, like, yeah. This sucks. Not happy to see this card. But it wasn't going to affect anything. Like, I'm still going to play Magic. I'm still going to play Standard. My day is still going great. You know, like, I'm not remotely mad about it. But the fact that I started defending the position when put in the situation to defend it, all of a sudden, I'm the bad guy. I'm like, well, what gives with that? Like, why Why even bother? Like, I even told one person, like, you can keep arguing, but neither of us is going to come off of our stance on this. And again, I wasn't mad about it. I'm just like, you like it for your reasons. I dislike it for my reasons. It's not affecting either of our lives. So this is fine. We don't even need to continue, really. <laughs> like, I'm okay with this. Like, we're each going to like or dislike the thing we want. And that's fine. 
nobody is being harmed in this scenario. But it was just so strange to see that. And I'm like, okay, I guess. Like one, but in the silly part of it is one dude even said in the abbreviated term, he doesn't give an F about lower level players anyway. And I'm like, well, then you're missing half the argument. Like, how are you even going to argue and then just ignore the part that's relevant and be like, well, I don't care about that. So it just doesn't matter. That's like saying, well, you know, I don't have to go down to the food bank. So F it if the food banks don't get money. Like, I like, yeah. what? you know what I mean? Like, it affects people's enjoyment and entertainment. That's why I was making my argument and my stance. But it's okay if you say like, uh, well, I don't think about that or that part doesn't affect me or whatever. That's cool. But just don't be like, well, that's not relevant. Like it totally is, you know. Like so, it was it was a weird situation to be in. I, I after a point, I just quit defending it because like I'm only going to look like the bad guy at that point. So just like you just let it go. I ended up deleting a couple or hiding a couple of comments on Twitter because they were just out of pocket. But eh, you know, typical social media day. But all right, I'm going to hand this one over to you, brother. All right, HBO slash uh, HBO Max slash Water Brother Discovery self-contained underwater breathing apparatus, whatever it's eventually going to be called, is in the news again for making yet another round of cuts slashes. Uh, they're not just like canceling like for example, one of the shows is Westworld, and while I haven't I haven't finished it, before I've heard like yeah, it starts good, then it kind of gets progressively progressively makes I guess even less sense. But they're not just canceling things like Westworld. They're completely removing them from the service. Like you can't even, or once they're finished, you'll be able to go back and watch old episodes of the show, which is just kind of a bizarre way to do things. Like you know, even like pretty much every other streamer, even like if Netflix cancels a thing, okay, you can still watch all the old episodes because it's a Netflix show. They created it. It's part of the value you get for you know buying Netflix or Disney Plus or what have you. And, and another thing is, you know, one of the, several of the shows they've canceled are shows or, for example, uh, Los Spookies, which is kind of a cult horror comedy type thing. Yeah. Uh, the, the Gordita Chronicles. All A lot of these shows are some of the only shows on the network that are directed by, created by, and star Latin actors. So it's, you know. I'm kind of confused. Like. I like uh, why remove the things so, okay say like Westworld right like that's a thing if you've been anywhere on social media while it was running everybody spoke about it right we, yeah. we know it's a topic it's a draw to your network right like if you remove that or other shows I guess as they're finishing what is there to watch because I think it's what I, I think at least four or five seasons so even you know even even after you've canceled it, if somebody decides they like it, you got them attached to your platform for, you know, however long it takes them to binge watch four or five seasons worth of Westworld, which is supposed to be the whole purpose of a streaming platform is you find whatever a person's favorite show is, suck them in for that, you know, 60, 80 episodes, however long it is. And by that time, you've hopefully hooked them with something else. Yeah, I would assume for like something like Westworld, for the average person, you know, working and maybe you got a kid at home, whatever, like that's probably going to be at least two months worth of nightly viewing. Right. So like you get their money for two, probably three months. 
like that. Because yeah, if I'm halfway like a show, I'm not going to cancel the service till I finish watching all of it. Yeah, that there just seems been, weird. I know for me, like a lot of the times when I decide which ones I'm going to buy, like Disney, it's because, hey, I know all the Marvel movies and TV shows are going to be. So if I look at, you know, which ones I'm not watching, Disney's, Disney's always going to be in the rotation. Well, like, you know, you're a wrestling fan like I am, but like when. That's Vince, why I have Peacock. That's, well, yeah, that, that's exactly Peacock it, right? WWE. When Vince McMahon bought WCW, people didn't understand. And I remember even way back when telling people like, he wants the archive, right? Like, because the value, the company was already failing. A bunch of the wrestlers were older. Like there was only so much money going to come out of that from that end. But the archive where you get all those Ric Flair, Sting, Steamboat, you know, Freebirds, whatever matches, those are worth way more. Right. And he's, and we saw that, you know, for years they were putting out DVDs and specials yeah. on different networks and whatever. I think uh, Peacock is doing another Ric Flair documentary because pretty much every streaming service, everybody even kind of halfway covers sports is going to do some form of Ric Flair documentary. There's that many stories out there. Well, even beyond that, like that's why Peacock wanted to deal with WWE, right? Yeah. They're, because they know people will buy the service even for the five, ten dollars a month, whatever it is. Because literally, WB has its own section on Peacock, yep. like, and it's like you can scroll for days on like the right. Stone Cold uh, podcast. There's, you can watch all the old WrestleManias, but like all kinds of stuffs in there. Again, we are not endorsed or sponsored by Peacock. It's just we're wrestling fans. By the way, you you get all the uh, you know NBC slash Universal movies. There's oh yeah, there's all tons kinds of, stuff, of old man. sitcoms. Like good Good Times is on Peacock. Yep. But to that end, though. Warner Brothers and Discover have a bunch of good nerd shows. Yeah. So to not want, I mean, because hell, we grew up watching, you know, uh, all the different stuff where they were like making things or whatever, like all that stuff was on Discover. You know, uh, crap, the one with the two dudes that would test all the theories on like Mythbusters. Yeah, Mythbusters, right? Like that was on there. So, like, why would you not want all those things that people have nostalgia attached to? Hell, Warner Brothers has a ton of stuff, like all piles of movies, piles of TV shows, cartoons. Like it's weird to want to discontinue that because those would be the draws to your service. Yeah, and again, people notice that you're canceling almost all the shows that star Latin actors after you cancel Batgirl, which starred a a Latin actress. These. Yeah. People are watching <laughs> Discovery, Warner Brother, whatever you, whatever you. I feel like it doesn't matter what your name is, but whatever. That's kind of where we're at, honestly. Yeah. And again, yeah. Batgirl was apparently pretty much finished. Yeah, that's that was the weird part. Like I would get it if you were still early in production, but every report says sounds like they were more than eighty percent of the way done. And they also apparently leaked this week that. They're, they were talking about doing a Batman Beyond movie with Michael Keaton as old crotchety Bruce Wayne training the next Batman. Like that, yes. Take my money. Yes, take 100%. I'm with you. Do that. that I, such I'm a in. good cartoon. I just, Though, I speaking know. of Batman, sidetrack here. I saw just earlier today that apparently, I guess the guy that, uh, Gunn, that did the directing for... Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Him and another dude are now in charge of doing the DMCU so they can actually finally get it aligned for the first time. Yeah. And they're talking about possibly making Robert Pattinson's Batman the canon Batman for their new universe. Okay. 
I don't know. I didn't see it. I wasn't that interested because, you know, DC is just a mess right now in the movie world. But at least they're doing something for continuity. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, apparently they ran off Patty Jenkins. So Warner Brothers or uh, Wonder Woman is kind of up in the air. Uh, Okay. well, that'd be fun. Man, I, I, th- I think they still want to do it, but they didn't apparently like her script. So she's out and w- with all the other tomfoolery going on over there. Who can blame her for deciding to work with somebody else right now? Man, we have said before, like all they literally had to do is just copy Marvel with DC characters and they could have had all our money. I don't know what they're doing. There's so many great DC storylines. Just adopt. Yeah. Those. I mean. A Tower of Babel storyline? Like, come on. How, no, but what I'm how saying great is... Because, you know, like, in in Marvel, they did like, hey, let's do a couple of Iron Man movies. Let's do a couple of Captain America movies. Let's introduce this character. Okay, cool. Now we have enough to do our first Avengers movie, right? You could have done the same thing. Like, let's do some Batman. Let's do some Superman. Let's do some Wonder Woman. Okay, cool. And then we'll talk about, like, these ancillary characters. And now we have the Justice League. And here's a Green Lantern and whatever, right? And then do all your spinoff movies. And they were trying to do that. They just kind of, they, they, they jumped too far ahead and tried to go a little too fast. Well, the problem was nothing aligned. That was the issue. Like, even when we did Justice League, we brought in a new Batman. Like, what are we, what are we doing? Like, ugh, it's a mess. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk about some more fun and interesting things. Because it's that time of the week where we get to tell people what we learned this week. And I think this might actually surprise people this week. We have some good ones. Okay. I just found out that a former Price is Right host, Bob Barker, who turns 99 this week, was in the Air Force. Which, I mean, it doesn't doesn't surprise me, but I had never heard that about him before. So that. I thought that was kind of interesting. I'm picturing him now like, uh, would you like this uh, bomber to come in higher or lower? <laughs> Maybe that's where he got to start practicing. Yeah. How much would you expect to pay for this uh, F-14? You know, I, I think there's a lot of celebrities that people don't know that about because they don't necessarily like heavily promote it. Yeah, But there's a lot of people that still went to the military because, you know, it 17, 18, 19, they didn't know what they wanted to do with life. Right. And it was a way to make some money and all your bills and stuff are paid. So you get to save up a little bit. So a lot of people, when they didn't know what to do, just signed up for the military. You know, so when he, uh, when he beat the brakes off a of happy Gilmore, you know, hey, Bob wasn't fooling around. Yeah. Bob had them hands. Like people didn't know. And as somebody asked Chuck Norris, you know, Chuck Norris teaches celebrity karate and he swore up and down his best student was Bob Barker. So, yeah, I guess uh, the, the, the price is right. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, it, it's interesting, though, because, you know, we've that's been a thing that's come up. But they said, you know, military recruiting has been down in some areas or whatever. But I think that's part of it, because we now live in a world where people have access to tools to make money independently. Whereas they didn't necessarily have that back in the day. I mean, I'm sure we all have aunts, uncles, cousins, whatever that went to the military. Cause there wasn't a lot of other choices for them. Yeah. Now those of us that are people of color. Yeah. Now you can put out your own music. You can go stream if you want to make a YouTube video about whatever it is you're into, right? Like there's opportunity that just didn't exist before. So it's interesting though. Yeah. Bob Barker. I, that's, it's interesting to see Air Force. I wonder, do you know what job he did? 
I believe said he was uh, actually said actually not Air Force Naval aviator. So oh, I, naval. I, I, okay, so that's I cool. Guess, uh, what I, if anybody knows a little bit more about? I guess specifically, what, I feel like I've heard that job title numerous times watching History Channel. But in terms of what they actually do, I'm not completely familiar. Well, I, that is a good, interesting tidbit. Keep that one in your brain because somewhere down the way, that'll be a right. trivia question at a bar. Yep. It'll it'll be a Jeopardy thing. You know, like you'll need that one. It'll be like, what TV show host was formerly you know, like right? a, a naval aviator? And you'd be like, I know this one. Yep. Uh, my Okay, mine isn't that cool by comparison. But I did a poll on Twitter and YouTube over the last few days, mostly because I was thinking about audio tools and, you know, things for my setup or whatever. And I started wondering if people would relate more or not to seeing somebody on camera, either not using a headset or maybe just really discreet earbuds versus wearing headphones. Not that it's a big thing, but, you know, I think about little nuanced things like that from time to time. So I asked around and it turns out on both platforms, it was roughly 60, 40 in favor of headphones. And surprisingly, I actually thought it was going to be way worse in favor of earbuds. Yeah. Because I feel like when I see things being promoted or I go to the stores, or there's a lot of like earbuds being promoted or like wireless earbud technology is this much better now or whatever. And, you know, obviously if you're online, Raycom is sponsored on a bunch of different yeah. <laughs> YouTube streams or whatever now. So like that's the thing. So maybe they just get more airtime or they're trying to promote them for some. Maybe it's also possible that earbuds might be cheaper for companies to produce. So they want to promote more of them because you can still sell like a nice pair of earbuds for like a hundred bucks and, and make a pile of money. So maybe that's it. But I will tell you, like, I'm very much a, a headphones person. You know, yeah. when I, especially when I'm editing or whatever, I feel like I get truer sound to what more people are going to hear when wearing the headphones. Now, that being said, I've heard some of the latest earbuds are fantastic. So I'm not saying you can't get that with earbuds. The other thing too is it was interesting because some people commented, well, when I'm out and about, you know, traveling, I want headphones. But when I'm at home and, you know, I'm doing stuff for the kids or whatever, I just want to be able to put like one earbud in. But then I had another group of people that basically said they're active when they're out and about. So they want earbuds. So when they're jogging or whatever, but when they're home and they're relaxing, they want headphones. So there's a bunch of people that own both types, which I also found interesting. Like people weren't really one or the other. I'm, I'm a headphone all the way. Even when I do yard work or whatever, I have a lower quality set of headphones that I can damage and I feel bad about mm -hmm. that just fit tighter on my head. So I just wear those when I'm, I don't have to worry about them falling off or whatever. So it, it's interesting, like different preferences for everyone. And honestly, I can even say when I'm home and I'm streaming or editing or whatever, I have wired headphones because there's no delay in the sound or whatever. And it's actually, I'm actually hearing what the other person's hearing, right? But when I travel, I use wireless headphones just so I don't have the issue of the cables and plugging stuff in or whatever. I could keep my phone in my pocket and just leave the headphones around my neck or whatever. Understandable. So, so yeah, it's interesting just how different everybody uses audio wear, I guess you want to call it that. But yeah, just interesting fact that more people are still into headphones when I really thought that was not the case. But there you go. Some extra little tidbits of information to share with you. But all that being done, let's go ahead and get into some of the news pieces for the week. 
So, Brian, I don't know if you saw, but this week there was definitely some new Phyrexia All Will Be One news. I did. So what do you think, man? Like, okay, first off, I'm going to give you my initial response, and it was seeing the artwork. There is a lot of creepy stuff that's going to be in this set. With the uh, Phyrexians, yeah, they are the, I guess, kind of the the uh, body horror plane, as it were. Yeah, and, and this is the first time, and maybe it's just, I don't know, being older and, like, you know, mortality or whatever. Like, I have no idea. Okay. But, like, this was, like, the first time I looked at it and went, I don't know if they're going to be able to promote this in all the same places they normally promote magic. Like, like you could don't get me wrong, you could get away with the the what's her name the 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 leader predator or whatever, right? Like Elish Norn, right? Like you can you can do the Elish Norn artwork because it's her kind of standing with her arms outstretched and the light beaming down on her, and there's a lot of like shadowy figures just trying to like grab at her or whatever. That's actually creepy, but also like majestic and cool and whatever, and you you could use that. But they had one, it was like this triangle with a bunch of different faces and like legs and arms coming out of it. And these weird, like just mouths that had like three and four layers of teeth around it. And I'm like, what is this? Like, this is some odd. Phyrexia. <laughs> yeah. Like that type of stuff. I don't even know where you could put that or promote it anywhere. But, you know, they're pretty good. At it. I'm sure they'll they'll pick the right pieces or they probably even commission certain pieces just for promotional sake. But yeah, this has a really weird feel to it. Well, I, I guess I would ask you, like, for you, what stood out in there? Well, I don't know if there's any truth to it, but I heard a rumor that, like, they might be doing away with planes, I guess, as part of the all-will-be-one theme. Oh, really? Or I, I didn't hear maybe, that. maybe no more multiverse, which at that point, it, I, again, I don't know that it's true. It's just something I saw being bandied around on social media, which would fit with the kind of all-will-be-one. Interesting. And if they do that, I wonder, like, okay, you know, who? Who are you as a planeswalker if there aren't any planes anymore? I mean, if you built, I don't know. I guess, I guess you're still a very powerful, you know, magician. But that kind of has been a large part of their identity is being able to break the barrier between universes. Yeah, even if you like melded the universes, like you would still need to teleport between zones. So I mean, I guess planeswalking would still have a use. You just would be. Yeah, I guess if nothing zone else, walkers instead of planes walking. I guess if if nothing else. Yeah, so that's is still a cool skill to have. You know, I, we wow. get spoiled when we talk about superpowers. Like you know how people did. People ask what your favorite superpower was, and people get on you. You say flight. Like we've flight's a cool power. We just have been spinning. You know. Yeah, I don't. I hadn't heard that, but that's very interesting as a con- concept. See, I was processing the all will be one as like assimilating the board. Yeah, which you know, that may that definitely could be meaning that also. It's probably de- the main theme, I would think. Now, I did see people getting up in arms because they showed ten planeswalkers and said five are going to be completed. So we're going to lose five, or at least I don't know if we're going to lose them. There's a good chance maybe they find a way to reverse the effects or something, whatever. Yeah. But well, we'll at least have a version where, you know, they're a dark Jace or whoever. Yeah, we're going to have at least five that end up getting mechanized in some way by the Phyrexians. Now, we do know it's not going to be Koth. So of the remaining nine, because they already showed the new Koth Planeswalker and he's fine. So we know it's not well, going to be multiple versions, right? No, it's just that oh, person. That's it. Oh, okay. Because so far we've seen Vincer, who, by the way, Vincer now is in like a weird, creepy 
like thing with horns and legs and he's like the brain of it or whatever and really creepy looking so like vincer ajani and tamio i believe are the only three that have been assimilated so far or completed in terms of the phyrexians so we haven't seen that in any shape or form be reversed yet so i don't even know if it's possible so maybe we end up in this battle where the good guy or remaining living planeswalkers have to fight against the completed ones, which would be kind of wild, but yeah. it's possible. Because I've been running with the theory for a while that one of the next big bads we need to do should be Jace. And this could be part of the start of that is yeah. like. Maybe they reach out and try to do something to him, but he blocks it. But then we find out they did taint his brain somehow and he didn't get all of it out or whatever. Because the thing with Jace that's always been a thing for me is that I felt like there's been three or four stories already where he's done something to his own brain to forget something or not remember. Like most recently, I think him and uh, Vraska were running around and he didn't want to get Vraska in trouble or something. So he blocked out part of his mind so he'd forget that their recent time together ever happened or whatever. Plus, isn't he basically doing a glamour anyway where he's not actually handsome? I feel like I read that somewhere. That might be true. That he <laughs> like, actually doesn't look the way he appears to us. But my thing is, how many times can you use magic on your own brain <laughs> right before you'd really do some damage? And I'm and yeah, because I'm sure there's probably some things that you were going to end up with. Let's say you fought somebody and you deleted that memory and you don't remember how you defeated them. Or yeah, or I don't know, maybe that you, you know them. But what if you touch the wrong thing? You turn off a part of your emotional set or something, or I don't. Uh, yeah, know. All, all these things are. Yeah, so I'm like, man, imagine if we slowly started doing the story of like the buildup of all these things we find out Jace was doing under the surface, and he ends up being the big bad. Like, one, I think it would be a cool story, right? Because now you have one of the planeswalkers from the beginning just turn completely and, like, he's going to, you know, friends are going to have a hard time fighting him and all this stuff. But from a fan perspective, like, that's a character people have emotional attachment to for real. Like, that that has an impact. So I think that'd be cool. I don't think they're going to do it. Do you think they'll actually, anybody, like, let's say, Jace, you think they would take take him out of the picture completely? I don't think so. I I think somewhere at Wizards, there is branding or marketing or whatever tied to Jace so much that I don't think they want to let that go. I think if it happens to him, that means they're going to find. And because, you know, we're dealing with magic here, they have time travel. At any point that you've established time travel, you can undo almost anything from a storyline if you decide you want to undo it. Sure. And I think that's what Teferi was trying to do at some point. Like, yeah. Go in the past, get the parts, stop certain things from happening. So that that sort of makes sense. I I will say this, too. The fact that you named the magic font Bellerin probably means that we're not going to lose Jace at any point. But that also could make it even more surprising, right? Because as much as it's a cool story, there's also a part of me that goes, this is never going to happen because they're not going to get rid of Jace. But then, like, if it did, I'd still be pretty excited about it. You know, so I don't know. But yeah, lots of cool stuff. Of course, I, uh, you know, you were excited when they turned Hal Jordan. So, you know, you're... <laughs> I was. We, we, I was. we can't always trust your judgment on these things. But to be fair, though, it was a good way to turn a character. Like, and I'm okay I, with I that. I think for people that, like, like, you were a lapsed reader, so I think it was good for you because, like, hey, what's going on over there? 
for for me, somebody that grew up idolized, that was my favorite comic book character. It's like this effing sucks. <laughs> oh yeah, but my thing is, even with that character, it was like they kept finding people who kind of reluctantly wanted the ring anyway. Like, so that was always like the first issue. It, it, hell, even when they found Kyle Rayner or whatever, it was literally like, hey, here's a ring. By the way, crazy guy is going to be here in like two days. Hurry yeah. up. You know, like, <laughs> that's just how those dudes operate. And then to tell them, like, hey, we know you have the power to save your significant other, but you're not allowed to. Right. And it's like, well, what? Why? Why do I have this power then? Like, F you guys. And then he slowly broke. And that was kind of crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of ways things could go with this story. And I'll be interested to see which way it goes. I will also say that, like, the I'm not usually one that's big on art treatments. Right? I'll say, like, the alternate arts and different foiling or whatever doesn't usually get me excited. Now, I do. I will say this. I like when they are very different. Like, we got the... Uh, the Japanese like woodblock art style lands in Kamigawa. And those are neat. I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily going to play with them, but I appreciate the aesthetic of them that they're so different and they call back to a traditional style of art and whatever. And that's very cool. But a lot of times, you know, like when we got the black and white lands for uh, Innistrad most recently, I wasn't, I wasn't that excited about it. And I think it's just because we have so many alternate art styles and full art lands and whatever. It's just hard to be excited about because it, it happens every set now. That being said, the stuff they showed for this set, pretty cool. Like, first off, they have some cool, like, stylized treatments where they have the five Praetors where they're with their concept art and then they have just very simple, like, color stripes behind them or whatever. And it's such a basic, nice, clean treatment that the cards look awesome. They also have an oil slick foil that they're doing. That looks super cool. Like, it literally... And we've seen it on other card games and things. You know, actually, sports cards is where I remember seeing it before. But it's basically like you get that foil sheen, but it looks like some oil in the water or whatever. Like, that's pretty cool. They've got some different versions of Elish Norn. So if you're a big fan of her, I think there's like five versions you can get. They had... What else did they show? Oh, they, they had... And artists do manga, multiple artists do manga versions of all the 10 Planeswalkers in the set. Okay. And they were all like the, it looks like completed versions or evil versions. So you don't know which one's going to actually get turned or not. They weren't telling you by showing you the hour, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. But it's just, they already had it done. So they just made it to where it's available in boosters. And from what I can tell, it sounded like most of these versions will be available in all the different booster types. So you're not stuck like I can only get these in the collector's boosters. However, I also feel like that means there's going to be something in the collector's boosters we don't know about yet. Because I feel like the last few sets have had stuff. How we got like those Hidetsugu ones where like the super rare one can only be found in the collector's boosters. And then we had the the numbered cards or whatever, the serialized cards that were in the last set, the rolling collector boosters. So I feel like there's going to be something. We just don't know what it is yet. But overall... I, I came out of this, like I said, excluding the reprinting of Phyrexian Obliterator, because I just don't like the card. I was pretty hyped about it. I think there's a lot of cool stuff, and there's going to be a lot of interesting things, and it looks like a lot of callbacks, which I'm always yeah. a big fan of, right? Because it's a cool new thing, but if you played for a while, it's like, hey, here's an Easter egg that like you'll get the reference because you played 15 years ago or whatever. And I, I'm always a fan of that. 
But yeah, I don't know. I, I'll be interested to see what else comes of this. Now, the, there was some other good news. We're not going to basically hear anything else about this set until I think January 12th was the date, somewhere around mid-January. So we have a whole month of downtime where we're not worrying about previews. <laughs> we're not worried about when's this thing about to come out. Like, And even then, I think it's like two weeks of previews and then the set doesn't even come out until like the first or second week of February or something. So plenty of downtime between the next set, which is great. Well, we, we at least there won't be anything official. You think they can actually keep the stuff silent for that I long? I mean, you know, if there's like, I don't know, like a secret layer, I can deal with that. That's fine. Because it's, you know, you go on and you buy the 10 cards or not or whatever. But big releases that people will be paying attention to that actually make noise on your social feed. Fortunately, I think that's it. And honestly, well, I'm, makes- I'm talking about their inability to be able to stop things from leaking. <laughs> Is it, has something happened to patch that? Uh, those holes? I don't feel like we've had a recent leak, which is pretty good. And I don't know, maybe that has to do with people showing up security because people are not working at home or in the office all the time or whatever. I'm sure that's part of it, but I don't know. Uh, maybe. I mean, the other thing too, even if there was, there's nothing anybody's gonna really do about it because I can tell you from experience. Once you get to about, well, really near about this part of the month in December, hardly anybody's in the office at Wizards. Like every department's at best on Skeleton Crew, and yeah. some departments will have maybe one or two people that even show up because. People are cashing in end of year vacations and then the company's just not there for like a week at all. And between, I think like a day or two before Christmas all the way until like the second or third of January, like there's just no work being done. And that happens in a lot of the game industry because most of what you need to order, you start bulk ordering in September, October, whatever. So you have the stuff in time for the holidays. So you're just doing spot restocks or whatever then. But most of the time, people aren't ordering a bunch because they're trying to get their inventory down so they don't pay taxes on it if they do regular 12-month cycle January, December taxes. So there's not a lot for a lot of them to do. Unless you're planning for stuff for the next year or you're just cleaning up your books or doing whatever normal stuff you got to do, you're kind of just killing time while you're there. So, yeah, not not unique to Wizards, just game industry thing. But yeah, I don't know. If you haven't checked it out, it's out there. Uh, I did a video as well that kind of did a quick summation of everything as it was live, so you can check that out. But yeah, really cool stuff. But go check it out if you haven't. This this might surprise you, honestly. It It is both what we expected and not what we expected, all in good ways, I would say. So I don't know if you heard, but there is a new streaming platform called kick.com. And uh got a lot of questions about it. <laughs> well, if you don't know, it was started, or not started, first heavily promoted by a guy that goes by Trainwrecks. I believe it's Train, W-R-E-C-K-Z, or E-K-Z. These kids with their spellings. Yeah, like just, it's whatever, right? But... Turn your cap around. <laughs> yeah, dude, I still do cap backwards sometimes. I can't say nothing. <laughs> but the thing about Trainwrecks is he was known on Twitch for doing a bunch of gambling-related streams, which in and of itself isn't a problem. However, Twitch enacted a bunch of rules around gambling on their stream that no longer made sense for him or his sponsors. 
and this backstory is going somewhere. With that, I did some digging, and it turns out apparently Trainwreck was making quite a lot of money, to supposedly to the tune of a couple million dollars. Some say as much as ten to twelve million, which means between the gambling sites, the sponsors, whatever for that, like they have to be doing ten x that, or else yeah. they're not going to pay him that kind of money, right? Right. So there's a lot of money being lost between these few entities if they're not allowed to have gambling on Twitch. I bring that up because when Trainwrecks is making his announcement and he's he's doing the stream about it, talking about it, recording his video, they're talking about kick.com is like, this is going to be the site where streamers want to go and streamers have been ripped off for too long. And these sites or these games don't, don't exist without streamers. So to that end, they're going to give 95% of all the subs and stuff that come in to the streamers. And they're not going to take any money out of the bits or whatever they called it, the bits equivalent. Like they're going to give a hundred percent to the streamers and tries to make it sound like this is going to be this utopia. And we're doing all these nice things for streamers and blah, which on the surface, you might read that and go like, well, damn, that seems like a good idea. And you're not wrong. Right? Like, if you can go to a thing and you're like, basically all the money coming in is going to you, well, that's cool. But immediately my brain starts going, okay, we've talked about it even on the show before, that Twitch has said outright multiple times that your highest volume streamers actually are the most expensive and they lose money on. So if they're losing money on streamers when they were taking whatever it was, like 30% or whatever of everything from them and still getting their percentage of bits and other stuff, how is this other site going to operate at only 5% and nothing from bits and extras, right? So that, that doesn't make any yeah. sense at all. So that's already like my first red flag. Like either somebody's lying. Well, somebody's lying on one half or the other. Like if somebody's lying or somebody's covering something up, they're not really talking about, right? But let's say Twitch is being truthful because they have investors. People would have already like investigated it, said they were wrong if it wasn't true or whatever. So I'm going to assume this is true. So with that knowledge, start doing some more digging. And it turns out, kick.com already is kind of shady when I go deep diving into it. Because honestly, I'm not even exaggerating. It looks like they might have just taken Twitch's source code and just put it right into their web builder and then just yeah, changed some colors on it. Very derivative. I mean, it's very similar. Like, which is weird because even the little, I don't know what you call the little icon that shows up on your tab up above. It looks a little bit similar to the Kickstarter icon. So they didn't even go out of their way to like find something like super unique or whatever. So there's so many like basic things on this that already had me going like, you didn't really care about your branding or your look or whatever. Like this all feels like a rush job. And then you dig even further and realize the site is backed by one of the big sponsors of train wrecks. So now it's like, okay, so this has nothing to do with streamers and this has everything to do with gambling and gambling sites. Now, let me say, I'm not against you if you want to do some gambling. I mean, hell, I go play poker. I've been to casinos, like whatever. My issue is you're being very deceptive about it. You're trying to sell it as like, oh, we're doing this because because Twitch is in the wrong and we're trying to give this better platform to streamers and, you know, the streamer economy, blah, 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 blah. 
but not once did anybody say like, and my former sponsors or or our former streams now can be over here and you know nobody brought that up right and then it starts to make a lot more sense the problem with that though becomes if the site is making no money and by all math and reports and everything we understand they would be losing substantial amounts of money to have streamers on there or at least the large streamers why would they keep operating without promoting heavily the gambling sites. Like the only way that site or that platform is going to exist and support itself is you and or your viewers will be subjected to some amount of promotions for the gambling site. You have to. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if in the carousel and the top search streamers, whatever, they make sure there's one or two gambling streamers there all the time. Yeah, they would absolutely do that. Right. And, and it would be in their best interest to like, otherwise you're just constantly losing money by having this platform exist. Right. So if you're going to get there and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to go here, I'm going to be one of the first of this many people and I'm going to get this many viewers. There's a large chance your stuff is probably going to get suppressed because you're costing the money and not making the money. Now, if not, great, but I can't imagine a world where that's not true. And then I was like, well, I wonder how many people are signed up on this thing. I had trouble finding hard numbers, so that was the first issue. But I'm looking and just trying to guess. And there's some people already have really big numbers. And you know as well as I do, people don't travel from one site to the other that fast, that early. They just don't. We've seen this multiple times. Like when Vine died, people didn't magic get a bunch of people on their YouTube channels or whatever, right? It's just not how it works. But somehow these people had numbers. So then another deep dive has multiple people reporting that they're pretty sure there's a bunch of view botting going on and they have these reasons in their math or whatever logic out. Now, I couldn't prove for sure that they were view botting, but logic and what other people pointed out kind of says that's probably true. So now we have a site that is basically trying to build on the bad press or bad feelings that have existed to just promote something that isn't what it appears to be on the surface. You're sponsored by these gambling sites and companies or whatever, and nobody is mentioning that anywhere. You have a platform that looks like it was just tossed up and basically stole code from around the internet to build their thing, and you potentially have view bots. This is all in the first week of me even knowing this thing exists. <laughs> right? Like... That, everything is fine. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, how, what are, why would, I, I'm just going to say like, people should probably not be using this site yet. Like it could be legit. I'm going to say, I, I'm not going to say they're not. And they don't have some crazy wild business plan that makes this work. And it's totally innovative. Could be. I may not be well versed enough to even understand the level of which they're going to do some money moving to make it happen. That being said, I would be very cautious about moving your audience and viewers over to the new platform until it's proven itself a little bit. Because so far, other than the promise of riches that would have to come from somewhere, but if you have nobody watching you yet, it's not going to exist anyway. They're not really doing anything better or different or whatever. I mean, hell, the platform itself literally is like a ripoff of Twitch. So, so far, anything you don't like about Twitch is going to be over there on kick. They didn't... It's not like, oh, we believe that the platform is doing all these things wrong and we did all these things to make it better. Hell, we've talked about 10 or 12 things on the show you could do if you're going to start a new platform and they're doing none of those things. 
So I don't get it other than this is a workaround for them to be able to still promote gambling heavily. And again, don't have a problem with it. You're just being subversive about it. And that's the thing that makes me feel kind of gross when I read up on it. It's like you could have just said what it was and people could have made their decision. And a bunch of people probably still would have. Yeah. But like all the people that like to watch uh, train wrecks gambling content would probably still. Oh, yeah. There's, to watch it. there's people that would do it just because you're right. Twitch shouldn't have done something about that. And we're going to go over here and support this cause or whatever. And that would have been fine. But to sell it as like this utopian thing when that's not your goal and not your cause or whatever. And so far, every action set up doesn't speak to that is very disingenuous. So I would not saying they're wrong or they're false or whatever. I'm just saying I would not trust it yet. So I'm just putting that on people's radar. Do what you will with that information. But that's all I could find on it. Because, you know, I did my diligence because like, hey, if the money's that good, then maybe I should consider it. But that's all I could find so far. So and I did do a check in with a few people. I do trust their opinions on this stuff. And they also were coming to the same conclusions. So even after I did my stuff and I started looking, other people feel the same way. So I'm not on an island on my own on this. So I don't feel crazy, at least at least on this. But I, I would be careful. There's enough people out there that don't trust it that are valued pretty highly in the community. But let's talk about some other sad news. And this is sad in the sense that if you played some of the games that are now discontinued or no longer working, you're going to be a sad person. But if you don't know, Epic Games had to turn off services and remove stuff from the web stores or the app stores for a whole host of games. It was a lot. I mean, it was like between what was individually listed and the things they pulled off, I feel it was like 15 or 20 things. So they took a lot of stuff down. Now, that being said, this isn't like Epic is shuttering their doors. This is more of just like games that were no longer revenue positive. Some games that have already been discontinued that they were just leaving the apps up in the app store, you know, stuff like that. that. They were paying for services that just weren't getting the use to justify them, which, to be fair to Epic, don't have a problem with that at all. Like, there's a point where... You know, if you if the peak of your game was a hundred thousand daily users or whatever, and now it's down to eight hundred, yeah. at some point you kind of say like it's costing us way more to take care of this for eight hundred people. Like we can't justify it. So they took all that down, and in and of itself, I don't think that's like the worst thing. It's good business for them. It's what they should do. But this raised a different question, Brian. How good do you feel? investing in especially let's say games particularly but products where there's a app component that is necessary to use the thing i I think it's just i I guess i've probably just gotten used to it over time because i do play a lot of multiplayer games it seems like this is a fair this list probably is looks like almost Easily probably 60-70% multiplayer games. I think you just have come to accept that after three or four years, yeah, they're, they're turning these off because they're just, like you said, there's not enough people to back these up. Yeah, and I don't think it's... I'm going to guess that most of these is going to be hard for you, like Unreal 2003. It's probably going to be hard for you to find a match anyway at this point. 
Yeah, and that that part I don't have too much issue with. Like we all know, I think that if we're spending time or money in an online game, we know at some point this is going to go away, right? Whether that's six months from now or six years from now, we know at some point this is not going to exist forever. Like people will move on, they'll get bored with the game, whatever, and the company will have to shutter it. But they did have a product on there. I'm using their stuff as an example, but there's other things in the world. But for Epic in particular, one of the products on the list was something like Drop Mix. And if you don't know what Drop Mix is, it was basically this this uh, electronic board, I'll call it, that you got cards that had scannable codes in them, effectively. The game would read the cards. And what you were doing is setting up different levels of music for like the backbeat, the bass, the the vocals, or whatever. And they were able somehow to license, I guess, a bunch of popular songs and artists and stuff. And you would buy packs that came with different cards. And they had rules for different variations of the game where you're trying to stack certain uh, parts over others. And, you know, you each certain melody type gets a certain number of points and whatever. And it was pretty cool. The problem was you needed the app to play. So now if you bought those cards and you bought the board, you kind of have a giant paperweight. Like you can still goof around with it without the app, but if you don't have the app, you're just going to have a use. You're only going to be able to get 20, 30% of the use out of the product. Now that said, if you already downloaded the app, you can just keep porting the app to each new phone and you always have access to it. But the minute something happens to that phone or whatever, you can't go download it again. So, or the file gets corrupt or whatever, right? That's, that's kind of disappointing. But I started thinking about like even stuff in our house or whatever, like how many things am I comfortable buying that like, I have to have the web app to use it. And I'm like, man, I guess I do kind of start always think about like subconsciously think about like, Oh, I can only use it if this is online or I can only use it if, if this is a thing. Like I like having the option of doing some of the stuff online. Like a good example I have from a game perspective that I think it gets it right. There was a company I saw on Shark Tank last week where the company builds chess boards that are electronic. So it's a regular, normal, you know, physical 3D chess chess board. But when you touch a piece, it shows you if the next move is a... It's rated green to red, right? If you're basically a novice player, it gives you an idea of what are better moves or worse moves. But what's cool is if you have the app, you can play against an AI that can have increased difficulty or not. You can have variations for like speed chess or special rules that you want to enact or whatever. And the board learns that and then it lights up the path for you to move the the opposing pieces or whatever, right? So you can do solitaire in a bunch of different modes. And in that case, like you still get value out of the board if the app doesn't exist, but the app adds to the value. And that makes it way more exciting because then if something happens, like I said, to the company or the app or whatever, you still have a usable product. And that's actually pretty sweet. But it's just one of those things. You know, I, I think in the past, we've had products try to come to market that were very app-heavy, app-based or whatever. And I think they were ahead of their time in a lot of ways because people weren't completely comfortable with apps yet. But I think as we get more comfortable, I think that's a real question we have to start asking ourselves for our gaming products is how long do we expect to get use out of this? Because, you know, we've talked about it before. We both played a lot of old card games. Yeah. We can go into our closet right now, pull out an old deck, and just go play, right? Same thing with old board games. But if any of those had a 
digital component that we had to have to make the game work, all of a sudden we can't really use those other than just to look at them. And that's kind of a tough thing. And I'm in a weird headspace because I would rather people still innovate and do cool, creative stuff. And knowing that a large percentage of people are already carrying cell phones and stuff, use that to your advantage, right? Like, And do something cool with it. But I think if it requires me to buy a physical item to use with a app component, if the app is necessary, I'm probably less likely to be involved with it. I don't know how you feel about that, but like that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, like I, said, I think I just uh, stuff like Madden and NBA has kind of conditioned me to where I'll get three to four years out of it. <laughs> yeah, if it's got a, if it's got a strong single player component, so that I think I'm going to want to play five or ten years from now, then yeah, I absolutely do try to get the disc, or if, if that's an option. Yeah, I think I'm the same way. You know that that's been the only concern I've had with some of the games lately. Cause you know, a lot of them have been digital only. Yeah. Right. And it's like, man, if I start playing this and then they take it out of the, get the, you know, the app store or whatever, like I'm going to feel really crappy if I don't get to finish this. So how invested do I want to be or how much extra do I want to spend on it or whatever? So even that's already becoming a little bit of a thing for me. But yeah, I, I think it's until I saw this, I didn't realize how much subconscious thought I put into it. But I think this is something that, as we go forward with our games, we're probably gonna have to think about the online and app components more and more because we're just moving to more of a digital space. But let's talk about some other interesting stuff here for the dinner table. Uh, there was a story this week that came up and I don't remember the gentleman's name. I just know that he was an MMA fighter who was like a mid-level champ. And he was telling a story about how he went to the gym on this particular day and he wasn't looking to do any heavy sparring or whatever, right? He was mostly there to get a workout. He just wants to go through the motion of some different holds, you know, do some light breaks of the hold, stuff like that. Like kind of, kind of like your practice motions, right? Just making sure you're staying limber and your muscles are going. And he runs into a kid and I say kid cause that's how he described him. It sounds like the kid was somewhere between I'm guessing could be as young as 16, no older than like 19 based on the story and the timeline. But there, he tells the kid like, yeah, sure. We can, if you want to mess around a little bit, we can do this, but I'm not going full speed. I'm not trying to get in a full workout or sparring session today. I'm kind of just practicing some different holds and moves or whatever. And then the kid starts kind of really going at him and he's kind of like partly sort of kind of downplaying whatever, like, yo dude, what's going on? Whatever. Right. And he looks over and realizes the kid had decided to tell somebody to record it. Almost like the kid's going to try to show that he could take advantage of this guy or whatever. You know, if he wasn't being aware, he would look like he was getting over on him. And I guess he just told the kid like, Hey, that's not cool, whatever. And then decided to go do something by himself or whatever. But that got me thinking after looking at the comments that so many people are like, oh, well, he's just a kid. And he shouldn't know matter. Oh, imagine a guy who's a champ coming on and griping about a kid at a gym and blah, blah, you know, all this. But it kind of got me wondering, like, at what point is a kid being a kid not a good enough excuse? Because we see it all the time. We've talked about it in games, right? How often yeah. you've heard cuss words or racial slurs or whatever and you're pretty sure, based on the voice and the language or whatever, 
they're probably 16 or younger. But they should still know better. You know what I mean? But people be like, oh, but they're just kids. And thing is, you know, people, especially as we see, you know, some of these bizarre court cases, I'm hearing people say, he's just a kid. The dude will be 25. <laughs> you know, uh, like, no, yeah. he's not just a, a grown-ass man. Yeah, that's that's literally, you are a grown-ass man at that point. Like, yeah. But but I, I mean, it's a tough thing, because I've had this conversation with my, my non-melanated friends <laughs> that there's a lot of things, as a person of color, we become aware of at younger ages, right? And we've talked about it before, because you have to be, in some cases, for protective reasons. You know, or situations you don't really understand, but your parents just say, like, you don't get to do this thing. right? And it doesn't make sense for a couple of years, but you you just know we're not supposed to do these things. And I feel like maybe when you don't know that, it opens up the door for all these types of situations. You know, because even thinking about that one, we're like the kids trying to get something on social media and whatever. Even then, there's a level of respect, right? Like if there's a person, and I, hell, I'm thinking back to when I was 12 or 13, whatever, and I got to meet some fairly important people. I didn't think about like, even think about like, well, let me make a scene about this or whatever, or make sure people know I was here or whatever. It's just like, oh man, I got to meet this person. I think of we didn't have the ground back then. <laughs> but even then, like, why try to make your moment with somebody you respect a thing where you were trying to embarrass them? You know what I mean? Like, like, if you are excited to see me, and hell, apparently y'all are going to be going to the same gym regularly, right? That's just a bad move as a whole. Like, why Why would that even cross your mind that that's okay? Now, if you even went to the dude and said, hey, is there any chance I could just get like two minutes with you of really going at it just to see what I can do or whatever, right? And then you can have it on tape like, nah, this guy's good. He got me or whatever, right? And you just go share that. And you still have a moment of, hey, I got to get into the ring and wrestle with one of my favorite MMA people or whatever. And that's still cool. And people would have still like talked you up or whatever, right? That would have been awesome. But to just be like, ah, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to look good and I'm going to embarrass this guy or whatever. It's like, what is the point of that? But then, like I said, to put it back on gaming, you know, hell, when I had my story, there's somebody, I can tell you a, a story where this happened, actually. This kid, I believe at the time, he wasn't done with high school yet. So he, he was 16, 17. And he has a moment where he he just flips out. I, he got beat. Something dumb happened. Throws his cards down. They go sliding all over the place. He stomps out the door. And some people looked over and started to pick up his stuff. And I, I told them specifically, don't touch them. And they just looked at me. And they're like, all right, cool. And we waited. And the dude eventually came in 15, 20 minutes later after he cooled down or whatever. And he walked in. And he just looked at his stuff. And, and he didn't say a word and he picked him up and he had to pick all that up with everybody watching him. And I told people the whole goal of that exercise was you have to see the consequences of your actions. You don't get to just come back and sit back down and not have the judgment of everybody or whatever when you're acting a fool. And somebody came up afterwards and was like, did you really have to do that to a man? He's just a kid, whatever. Like you, you still got to learn. And you know what? Never had a problem with him after that. Because he now had the idea of, I can't act like I do at home when I'm playing video games and just throw something at a TV or whatever, right? <laughs> there's there's real consequences of embarrassment here if I act a fool in front of all these people. And I wonder how many people are just not even teaching simple lessons. I'm not even talking about like great societal lessons, like just basic stuff. 
that leads to these scenarios that we have to deal with online. Cause I, cause for real, I don't know. I don't have kids, man. <laughs> like I I've worked with a lot of kids charities and I've donated time and done all this other stuff, but like, I don't have kids full time. When kids ask me, you know, I teach them what I can, but I'm wondering how many out here where people think that like, Oh, well I should have picked up all this stuff and just let them act a fool again. Like there were people literally going, Oh, well, you know, he's just a kid. I'm like, gosh, damn, he's old enough to drive. Right. You know, like, come on y'all. Like at some point, like, we're and almost old enough to go to war. (laughs) Right. Like at what point is it's no longer a kid just being a kid? Because I, I even asked that when I was growing up, right. I had the hard time understanding that like, you will tell me that I am old enough to drive. I am old enough to hold a job where I can prepare food that other people will be ingesting. I can have jobs where I'm supposed to rotate inventory. So you don't buy bad food to take home to your family, but I'm not responsible for myself sexually at 17 right like that that's a hard thing and don't get me wrong like those are tough subjects but those are things we have to ask ourselves right because all those things make sense and they are high levels of responsibility hell even letting somebody get into a car you're basically driving around a 2,000 pound weapon you know like right risking everybody else on the highway with you but we say that's okay but a lot of other things aren't okay and in my head, I'm like, hey, look, if we're going to give them that level of responsibility, then we have to hold them accountable for other things, too. Like, we can't just say, like, oh, well, they're just a kid when it when it's convenient. Right. When we want to protect them or, well, we know that offended you, but it's like, well, no, let's explain and teach a lesson as to why you don't do this again. Otherwise, I have to go log on and listen to these knuckleheads to an headpiece, you know using every racial slur in the world because they just don't have to deal with me face to face. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just feel like we've used that excuse too often. And sadly, I can't remember a time where that was an acceptable excuse for me. No. (laughs) Hell, I can tell you one. I just told somebody this the other day and they were surprised, but Truly, I had an issue where some cops pulled us over, really just looking for a reason to pull some kids over. And we were pretty close. Well, we didn't end up having to drive and follow him to the station because there was like four of us in the car, which was hilarious. But when we got there, they were asking us a bunch of questions. Really, nothing wrong, really. They ended up letting us go. But my thought genuinely was like, well, if they lock me up, I ain't calling home. <laughs> I'm, I'm for real. I'm like, hey, I'm down about it. I'll, I'll just sit this bad boy out for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> parents asked where I was. I was over at somebody's house. Yeah. <laughs> like I would rather get yelled at for that than have my parents come down to the jail, especially for something I didn't do. Cause there ain't no way I'm gonna be able to explain that. You know what I mean? Like, Oh really? So they just locked you up for nothing. Like, yeah, we weren't doing it, you know, like whatever. So I'm like, I'm just sitting this one out. It wasn't like kids will be kids. And that wouldn't have been an excuse when my parents showed up or nothing. That has been mm-hmm. a butt whooping. So I'm like, Nope. I, I would just set it out. I wasn't telling them nothing <laughs> like for real, but, but it's one of those things though. I, I just don't think there's a point where we started allowing that to be too big of an excuse. And I used to see it a lot with friends that were teachers. They used to come up a bunch. We're like, Oh, well, you know, they need time to be kids and you know, they didn't study or didn't do their homework. Can, is there any chance we could redo this or that? Like, you know, there was always something. And I feel like that's led to a lot of problems. But I, but I was, it was just interesting because, like I said, 
that initial story I saw was like, huh, I wonder where the line is where people would say that like this kid's behavior is no longer acceptable. Would they say the same thing if he was 21? Would they say the same thing if he was 25? In many cases, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, and that that's my problem, right? Like at what point is a kid being a kid or hell, even a fan being a fan, just no longer an excuse? And I don't, I don't know the answer for a lot of people, but it is something I think we have to think about. But anyway, Brian, I want everybody where they can find you on the social media. Right. I am Brian Sionic on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Our family channel on YouTube is Allen's Ever After. And you can find me just about everywhere at Power Dragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N on most social platforms. And like I said, if you want to find some cool stuff on the Phyrexia, all will be one and get a concise review. Check that out over on the YouTube. Otherwise, wherever you are listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to take care of yourself and your families. And remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us at our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate. Other patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base. 